So, coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the Living Legends Podcast, a weekly flesh and blood podcast where we talk about all aspects of the flesh and blood trading card game. And nowhere is that more relevant than today's episode because we have a, a wide berth of things to talk about. Today I am joined, as always, by uh, Bill from the Spike Feeders. Howdy, everybody. This is going to be an exciting one, so just strap in. <laughs> strap on in. I think we said that last time, too. And uh, um, joining us today, uh, in lieu of Az, who's taken a little uh, weekend off with his lady, we have uh, Ian from Right Time Gaming. How's it going? Our, our, this is the second I'm appearance. Excited to, excited to be uh, now, next time I'm on, I just have to replace Kel, and then I've been all the living legends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, now this also means we'll have to get uh, Alan back on, so we have, a, we have an equal, right? <laughs> um, uh, we'll see. We'll just a uh, quick trip rip to mine and Alan's old channel, uh, Radio Reflex, uh, one of the original podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, get the old band back together. <laughs> I was actually thinking while I was in the shower, I was like, okay, we, we, we got... Uh, Radio Reflex, one of the OG Flesh and Blood podcasts. Now we need to get Session Blood in, another OG Flesh and Blood podcast. We'll have all the OG Fab podcasts in our podcast. We'll just, uh, you know, attempt to assimilate all the old, all the the old guard. I was about to say, if you if you if you want to uh, truly do that, the person you actually need to get on is uh, Sasha as well. Oh yes, he he had a, he had a I think a five episode a five episode podcast right at the right at well, the beginning. We we did get oh Chris Bewley, who had the his, his show oh, seven like, days. <laughs> yeah, so we're 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 working on there. All right, so um, to get it back a little bit on track, I'll run down a quick docket that we're going to talk about today. It's really exciting. Um, we're going to talk about Arachne and Lo Yoji lore. We're going to talk about the shitty Christmas <laughs> gift, which is really really cool. Uh, we're going to talk about Ian's five hundred flesh and blood tournaments. And I'm not joking, he's literally played in 500 sanctioned events, which is insane. More um, now. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. more now. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit maybe about how uh, Flesh and Blood has changed over the past three years, because Ian would be the perfect person to talk to about that, because he's been playing constantly 500 events for the last three years, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so... I, I started with Tales of Aria. <laughs> yeah, well... I started with Welcome to Wraith, uh, thanks to Ian, actually, a little bit. Um, but uh, I didn't. I don't play a lot of sanctioned events because, frankly, I don't have a lot of time to do that. I'm usually in my studio sweating away making YouTube videos. So, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm doing. Um, and and also I have a lot of like this is a, a small aside because I do a lot of casting and coverage for for US events. Um, I actually have a lot of like random losses because what happens is I sign up for all of the calling packages and they were supposed to take my name out of the 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 calling you know so I'm not matched against people and then they've forgotten a couple times and I have a whole bunch of like you know ranked calling losses because they forgot to take my name out even once I don't remember where this was if it was in Orlando or whatever they 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 called me over the speakers they're like uh Kellen Rosenberger to the front stage uh and then I like and I was at back in the booth, 
Luckily, I wasn't actually casting. And I was like, okay, hold on. I'll be right back. And I go and I was like, hey, um, I'm on the coverage team. And they're like, oh, oh, we forgot to take you off. We're sorry. We'll do that now. And I'm like, Thank thanks. Okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to doing my work. Um, yeah, so. That's uh, so funny. I have, a, I have a bunch of like ranked losses because of that. It's, I don't care. I don't really care. So it's not a big deal for me, but. Uh, I get my ranked losses the, the good old fashioned way, by not winning the game by, that I play. By losing. <laughs> by, by, by not. Playing Livia, by playing Livia at Worlds. Yeah, I was going to say, by, by not playing meta decks. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would do it. I mean, I'd probably be there too. Anyway, okay, let's talk about let's talk about our week in Fab. We actually haven't uh, done this for the last couple of weeks because we've just been so busy mm -hmm. with uh, other things in the podcast. Um, do either of you want to kick it off, or I can just start about mine because my week has been fairly eventful, I would say. Mine. I, yeah, I, I can start. Mine's really quick, yeah. and I usually don't have much because it's just like, oh, I just didn't do anything. I went to my first event in like three months yeah. uh, this past weekend, uh, which was really cool. I played my aggro prism deck, and round one, I got matched up against a Fi, and I won because oh. he didn't respect the second fractal replication. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I attacked him with the first one. I, like, I, I transmogrified something into an eight attack and then played one fractal, and he's like, Okay, I blocked the first thing. There's no way you have a second one. Because I only had a card in my arsenal. I had nothing else. So he's like, there's no way you have the second one in your arsenal. And he's like, okay, I'll just take the eight. And I'm like, how about another eight? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I was able to do that. And then I got matched up uh, rounds two and three versus old hymns. And uh, against Guardian, the deck does not do anything. So I lost very, very, yeah. very much, very well. Um, but that was really fun. I, I just had forgotten what it was like to go to tournaments. So I'm going to try to do that more, especially because I found out one of my old friends from high school, um, just stumbled into the game and didn't even know that I played nice. uh, and he joined the local discord that I had set up and I saw that he had joined and I'm like, Oh, Hey pal, how's it going? And he's like, Oh, you're the bill they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's going to be coming out to our Monday night tournaments and I'm going to lend him a Lexi deck because he's nice. interested in, in seeing how she, how she plays. So yeah, yeah, it's just kind of exciting. Reinvigorated a little bit. Speaking of Lexi, that, that segue segues into to my week a little bit. Uh, I've been building a lot of decks, one of which is my No Fuse Lexi 2.0 that I've been kind of tinkering mm -hmm. around with using a couple cards from, well, one card from uh, Dynasty. I really like Heatseeker. I think it's really sweet in Lexi. Um, especially if you can get two Heatseekers off and both of them to hit, so you can like double Arsenal. Oh, it's super sweet. Um, because it puts the cards in the Arsenal face up. So you put one in the Arsenal face up, gives you the extra slot from New Horizons, you get the other one. Yeah. That's my dream. I want to get I want to have a six card Lexi hand. I'm not blocking, so I'm just going to take the damage and then come back with a six card hand. Um, so I've been doing that. I've been, been building a lot of Arachne decks. I have currently built three Arachne decks, one for UPF, one for Blitz, which I'm going to be playing against Ian on live stream after we're done recording this. Um, I, I really like this deck. It's a lot of fun. I also played this deck against Az uh, on Talishar during, on uh, his channel the other day. And then the final, the final Arachne deck, it looks like I'm holding up the same one, but they're actually both in black deck boxes. Um, this one is Clash. So uh, I recently participated in the Clash Bash, I think is what Mansant is calling it. Um, they, I basically, they invited me and um, 
I got kind of roped into playing Arachne. I think Az was like, oh, invite Kel, he'll play Arachne. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll play Arachne. I actually have another Clash deck that I think is a lot better than Arachne. It's an OTK Viscerai deck that is disgusting. It's actually disgusting. I yeah. played it a few times in Talishar, and it's, it's, it's gross. Like, you can do like a 15 uh, Arc Knight Ascendancy Dominate plus like 20 plus Rune Chance on turn like four or something. It's, it's stupid. Uh, and then everything else is just like defense reactions. There's a lot of like great defense reactions and a lot of playable stuff for Viscerai in, in the format. Uh, anyway, I played I played my Clash game, um, and I played against Chain round one, which is probably the worst matchup for Arachne because all my banishes just make him stronger, uh, and he had a uh, twenty damage turn two, so uh, I, I died. Uh, not on turn two, I died like a, like two turns after that, but um, I can't. I can't uh, hang with the 20 damage turn two in a format where I can't play my best cards. Like, I can't play my equipment or any of the other Majestic. So it's just, like, a bunch of random commons and then, like, cash-in as the only way to use yeah. my silver. So... Surely, it, it, it's got to be, like, I, I've seen a few people going, does anyone have a list for commoner Arachne? I'm like, man, that's got to be tough. Just, <laughs> like, it doesn't really have a full fleshed out... Um, set of cards yet and and taking out that many of the key cards it really uh really is missing something so yeah but, it, you know congrats on actually taking a shot with it but uh i'm yeah. sure it was i'm sure i'm sure you said you say that this was a bad matchup i'm sure there, there weren't too many good matchups uh yeah in that, in that format at the moment everything is like so the deck feels just super fair like that that's what it is it's super fair mm. where other decks are not fair. Like, they can be really, really busted, like Chain. Uh, and so this is a format where Chain has both Stubby Hammers and Seeds of Agony, and, like, he's not really missing much from his normal, like, suite, like, back when he was, like, huge yeah. in CC. In mm -hmm. fact, he even has Rosetta Thorn now, so it's, like, even stronger. He doesn't have, uh, what do you call it, the, the yeah, Husk. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think... Yeah, I think Clash is actually a very interesting format where I actually think it's probably a little bit more unbalanced than 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 balanced. Yeah, which is what they were trying to do. Like, I feel like yeah, the the especially because like the Welcome to Wraith and Arcane Rising characters have super rare and majestic yep. specializations, whereas some of the later's just have rare specializations if they have any. I have Regicide. <laughs> that was my specialization. <laughs> Um, a specialization that literally kills me. Uh, I did run it, by the way, and I did not cut it from from my... Uh, I did not sideboard it out. I'm running Regicide, no matter what. Um, but, yeah, you know. Um, uh, you know I respect that. Vis Viscerai has Arknight Ascendancy and become the Arknight, and I have Regicide. You know? Yeah. It's, it's fine. I mean, Lexi... I mean, not Lexi. Um, Azalea has read in the ledger and knocked the Death Whistle. Like... Azalea could actually be like and, pretty sweet, but and like knock the death whistle is just like the best tutor in the game. I think like I mean maybe you could argue that belittle belittle tutoring for minnowism is like right now like more it's... widely applicable and therefore better. But like yeah, I mean like belittle minnowism. <laughs> you get you get one specific card. Knock gets you gets you any arrow and slaps gets it right you on any top. arrow. And then you can give it dominate because whatever. And also it has reload. Yeah, it's like, it's just such a good card. <laughs> if you can set it up, I, I've, this has happened to me before and it's pretty, pretty rough. 
where you can uh, dominate a red in the ledger and then uh, keep recurring it with Memorial Ground. So every single turn, dominate red the ledger, dominate red the ledger, as long as you keep getting Memorial Grounds. And so if you're playing a go-wide cl class, like this has happened to me and I was playing uh, as Lexi, it's like really rough. Like really, really rough. Especially as Lexi, it's like, I can't block. I can't, what, what am I going to do? Like, I don't have good, good armor to block it out with. And I don't have like defense reactions because I'm not, you know, playing a weird defense reaction Lexi deck. So I think Azalea could be good in the format. Um, I don't know. So anyway, I, I played my game. Uh, it's, it's live now. You can go watch it. Uh, you can go watch me get hit for like twenty something damage uh, on turn two uh, against uh, yeah. against Chain. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's who, that. Who was your opponent? I was Mo Mo Bogsley. I think it was my my first interaction with them. It was nice and like I wasn't salty. Uh, still not salty. It's just uh, uh, I was like, that's a great turn. Like that was very exciting. Uh, that'll make make for really good, really exciting gameplay. Um, but. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't very long lived. I, I could tell you that. And the, the other thing is, I sided in some stuff against him because I knew he'd be very aggressive. I I don't think I'd be able to fatigue him out because like he's just gonna pump so much damage through and play so much yeah. things. I mean, unless I'm playing a, a ton of D reacts. And so what I did is I put in um, Wounded Bull. So I had, I had these were on my sideboard. I had Wounded Bull, um, uh, Fiendo's Fighting Spirit, and then. Um, was it, what is it called? Like energy surge or, oh, it's, it's the two for four, but it gets plus three if you have less life. So it's a basically a two for seven. It's adrenaline rush. Is that what it is? I think, it, I think it's uh, adrenaline rush. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Adrenal, yeah, it is adrenaline, adrenaline rush, rush. Which I think is one of the most yeah. underrated cards right now, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then I, there were, there were two turns. I had, I had wounded bull in my arsenal and all I needed was to keep one card in my hand. I needed to get through a turn with one card and not die. Just just a blue or yellow. And if I had that, I could pop my bl uh, Blessing of Spring uh, to get a resource, and then pop my Cracker Jacks, and then Wounded Bull him for nine. Uh, and I was like, that's all I need. I can get a Wounded Bull for nine to just get back into the game. And, you know, he's Chain, and I never, I never got to keep a one-card hand. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that I, crazy. I, I that was my week in Fab, playing a lot of uh, uh, Assassin, um, killing Azalea, and then getting dumpstered by Chain. I killed, I killed, oh, I killed Azalea, and then I also killed as playing uh, not Azalea. Go, you should go watch, you should go watch his stream for what I mean by that. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Anyway, uh, how about you, Ian? What, what, how about your week in Flesh and Blood? Uh, yeah, so so obviously uh, uh, Dynasty dropped. Um, so I've been just you know playing around um, uh, with some some of the new brute cards. Uh, the day one, day one uh, of the drop last Friday, uh, played at the release event at uh, Card Merchant in uh, West City. Uh, and just tried to fit all the brute stuff in uh, all one in one in one blitz deck, and that does not work. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, like, I'm running rock, and I'm like, and I'm running like tear limb from limb, so I can like try and tear limb from limb into a savage beat down, like like trying four different things in a in a deck, and that just did not work. So uh, so um, I played uh, another three armory since, and just sort of slowly. Uh, slowly um taking stuff out and was like focus back focusing uh the rhino deck back um 
I have, uh, and I've been sort of theory crafting a KO deck that um, I may or may not play against you uh, today because I actually haven't physically put it together yet. So it'll depend on how much time we have between these two things. Um, but yeah, no, it's been good. Um, uh, I managed to trade for a Marvel Rock, which was which was cool. So nice. um, uh, that was that was uh, that was one of the one of the cards that I wanted uh, from the set. Um, I was lucky enough to pull a Fabled CNC in the one box that I opened. So um, and I, I moved that along to basically sort of fun getting some more stuff, which was which was good. It was nice to have for a short amount of time, but like it's it's a really interesting fable for someone like myself who's been playing for as long as I have, because I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's a different art. I'm not the sort of person who wants to get three and, and flex, like have three of the fabled instead of the regular ones. And I have play sets of it. And I'm like, and I was like, uh, and I play Brute. And to be honest, I haven't actually played CNC in a Brute deck in a long time, like, because we have just so many other sixes. So I was like, as cool as this is, I, I feel like selling it now was the time to to do it before yeah. uh, before the market dipped out. Um, so so I moved that along. So that was that was good. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm looking forward to. I actually really keen. I haven't pulled the new bow yet, but I am really keen to um, look at an azalea an azalea build. Um, just purely like it's it's really interesting. And I think it's because I'm a brute player. But the one card that has actually got me interested in playing Azalea um, is not the, not a card that everyone else is excited about. But for me, it's Hornet Sting. Oh, yeah. Which is effectively the arm piece that is a mini reckless swing in equipment. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, this, this speaks to my how I finish games as a brute player. Um, and, and also back in the day, um, when I did play Azalea a bit, um, you you will often get down to two or three life and then die, uh, and so really interested in um, in trying to work around something uh, with with like uh, Hornet Sting, uh, just you know forcing people and like even even doing the uh, that sort of thing where because you can play around Hornet Sting because you know it's there, but if you play the um, the trap that they have to pay an extra resource or they lose a life as well. So you're like, ha ha, you didn't expect a trap as well. Just, you're going down the, the path of pain and not for your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah, starting, exactly. to, the, starting to talk about traps and I'm like, oh no, this is not a good I path will say, this is the, he, Ian is currently the perfect replacement, like note for note for, for yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, be to be fair, a lot of, a lot of this is, uh, has come from playing against Az's, um, ultimate pit fight azalea which is just all defense yeah um yeah uh, we played we played a couple of games uh in this and while we were all in the u.s and um uh and i think i killed him deliberately because um as i said to him this is ultimate pit fight not ultimate pit dodge yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah it's uh... uh but yeah so that's that's sort of been been my week um yeah, and uh, just uh, trying to uh, come up with a time to to because um, I was really excited that we got to play the um, Yorick uh, UPS game at Worlds, yeah. and I'm just sort of at the moment trying to line up a time with a a local store and maybe run an event 
uh, UPF event where the the final table uh, basically make it like a boss battle. So it's sort of like a couple of rounds of UPF to get the final table, and then the final table uh, I'll I'll play as Yorick as the boss uh, as the boss oh. <laughs> person, and so and so make it like a boss battle at the at at the end. So um, just just for like a sort of a little Christmas um, you know fun fun you know not you know have some fun not be that uh that serious and just uh enjoy enjoy um enjoy playing some games with uh people who uh who to be to be fair in in auckland especially we've got a lot of competitive players and and i have noticed post worlds that the um the uh armories are are, are, are quite a few people less because i think it, i think burnout is a very real thing uh, for a lot of the players being playing, and, and especially this year, it's just been season after season after season. You know, testing for the next thing. So, so I mean, I totally get, I totally get um, the burnout and people just taking a little bit of a break. So, just sort of want to offer something up that's uh, a bit of fun, and you know, you can come out and you know try the new cards and and, and have a bit of fun without it necessarily being particularly uh, competitive. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you guys think of this? Is kind of off docket just a little bit, but what do you guys think of the new set so far? Just kind of like your quick first impressions. Um, I've made it no secret that I love this set in no small part to my much awaited class finally appearing. And I actually really, really, really love the class and I love how it plays. And it is somewhat how I envisioned like, there, there literally is a card that I almost made one, one for one, like like a year and a half ago, like Payday is a card that I made. Um, so it, it's close, but it's, it's different, and I really like it. And uh, I'm curious to know your guys' takes on Dynasty as a whole, I guess. I'll let you go first, Ian. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's interesting for me, because uh, I've actually only opened one box. Um, and I opened one box, and then I bought... I just bought my play sets for, for the brute stuff um, after I got my box and saw what I got um, because because for me brute was what um, you know what I wanted to jump into so I, I really haven't actually um, played around with a set all that much um, uh, I do like it I do like I do like opening it it's uh, I, I I think the assassin slot is far more appealing than the um, than the festival slot was in Everfest. Um, oh, yeah. And I, th I feel like uh, that was a nice correction there. And and also just like the correlation of it as well, where you can, you know, you can now get multiple foils in a pack and you can get more, like I've seen packs that have pulled, because of that, have pulled like three Majestics out of one pack and stuff like yeah. that. So so um, I think it inspires people to open prize packs more at, at armories and stuff. Like um, a lot of our stores here, um, do prize tickets, which are effectively like one ticket is one pack. Um, but what tends to happen a lot is that um, after after a little while, after a set's been out and the draft is a lot, people just were like, I'll, I just put the tickets into my deck box and I'll wait until the new set comes out because I've got everything I need. Whereas whereas I think uh, uh, Dynasty is definitely a set that people are like, oh yeah, I'll just cash in my ticket now to get my my one my one shot lottery to see if i if i pull something cool and like uh for instance just this past friday um a guy who went i think one he either went two two or one three at our armory pulled a pulled a fabled cc out of his one pack and i'm nice. like 
can't, can't, you know, you can't be unhappy with that. Yeah. Um, it was, it was perfect because he was like standing next to the other new players, and you're like, yeah, you know, come along. You know, you may not, you may not win four games, but you know, this this set is 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 cool enough that you know there's enough really cool stuff that you could you know walk away with a five hundred dollar car. Um, yeah, I mean one pack, mm-hmm. which is which is really cool. I hope they do that. Uh, I hope they continue this kind of, uh, you know, special slot kind of mentality in future uh, supplemental or expansion sets. And they, yeah, they can make I, some really I, exciting. I, I think with the le- the less cards, but the higher chance of getting good stuff, I think is a, is a nice balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I also really like this set. Very. I've I've been you know obviously discussing it with people relatively frequently um and a lot of the sentiment that i've been getting from you know people in my local meta and um just other people that i discuss flesh and blood with there there's a there's almost like a an undercurrent of people being upset that this set doesn't have like new best in slot cards for every class and honestly to me that's like one of my favorite parts of this set is that they it's not that they're printing bad cards they're printing cards that aren't just overtly more powerful than things that have been printed which yeah. is there's a term for that power creep i really really don't like power creep um i think that it's like one of the worst things that uh, a tcg can can suffer from yeah. so the fact that they're yeah yeah like <laughs> when i was talking sorry, sorry i was talking to one of my friends about it and i was like yeah like Yu-Gi-Oh is like for flesh and blood it's like hey we're printing options if you want to build like a dagger warrior deck and then people are like well i don't want to build a dagger warrior or, deck because there isn't support for it yet it's like there might be some point like they're yeah. they're exploring options i i agree and, uh, i agree 100 that's one of the reasons why i like the set so much is uh yeah you said Dagger Warrior, but there's also like Tiger Ninja, Brainstorm Wizard, Rock Brute. There's like these other ways to play and build decks that you normally wouldn't put in a like a draft set, but because it's a weird off, you know, expansion thing, you can, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Go Something ahead. that I, sorry, go ahead, Ian. Oh, I was just I was gonna add like one of my favorite cards from the from the whole set, and it's a card that I've actually replaced a legendary with in a lot of my blitz sets is uh beaten trackers oh yeah it's a rare it's a rare it it, it effectively makes you play in blitz especially where where reiner can be a three a three-turn character you know, i'm like you know what i don't actually want a lot of these matchups i don't want to roll dice with scabskins and and this is really good because it means i'm guaranteed on a blood rush turn to if i want i can get that extra action point or do it after a savage feast and and i'm like this is actually a rare that i would consider playing over a legendary in, in certain formats and i can't wait to actually play reiner commoner again because that oh, card yeah. is a rare that you can put as one of your two rare slots so so i, I think you're right that like the overtly overly powerful it's not but like it absolutely is perfect niche uh for for certain formats and certain mm-hmm. matchups and stuff I think I think yeah I think that's what's been really good about the design space. Exactly. And I think that this is the, the this type of design space that they're exploring here giving people options is exactly what these supplemental sets should be for anyway. 
like they they want to keep the you know we're introducing a new hero or we're you know we're we're doing something like that that's to the main sets because uh, they they've stated that they're doing main sets and then expansion sets this is you're expanding the universe of these heroes that exist already um and yeah like i i'm i'm excited to try out i don't think it's going to be better than the current combo bolton but i was discussing with uh tommy fresh from fresh and buds how there might be with the um introduction of what's that card called visit the iron forge it's the mm. common for warriors that give your sword and dagger attacks this turn piercing three um the fact that it's all attacks this turn and you only need one card from bolton's soul to give both of your daggers go again for your entire combo turn I don't know. Is it going to be good? I don't know, but I want to try it. <laughs> like, it's cool. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's th this is exactly the right power level that I want from sets like this. Um, like, I think that they kind of overstepped with um, with Everfest, especially for Runeblade. I don't think that's an uncommon sentiment um, because they got, um, what is it? They got Swarming Gloomvale and uh, Revel in Runeblood in the same set, which are both just obscenely good cards. <laughs> I think, good. Like, yeah. And then it's, every other class kind of got nothing. But I've, I've noticed it's, it's really funny. Like Runeblade didn't get like super OP stuff in this set. They got some like really interesting design space. And I've seen some mm -hmm. people complain. They're like, uh, you know, and where's my OP Runeblade cards? It's like, hey, come on. Every every set can have absolutely busted above rate Runeblade cards. Come on now. Yeah. And it's like, you, be you better believe that these are the same people that were complaining uh, about how powerful these cards were on release uh, in the other sets. And it's like, well, what about that? We had overpowered ones before and I complained about them and now I'm complaining that they're not here. It's like, OK, whatever. You can't you can't satisfy everybody. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For for me, Dynasty has been awesome. Uh, I've I've really, really liked it so far. It's it's gotten the creative juices flowing, which I think is the most important thing um just thinking about how to implement some of these cards in interesting and unconventional ways um and yeah i don't know i i, I like the fact that all of the cards you, you look at them and you're like huh it's interesting it's it's different i haven't seen that before but it's not like you know one of my least favorite things and I, I think i've said this before on the podcast is when people are evaluating new cards uh from new sets and they immediately blow something off as like oh that's bad it's it's worse than other options that are available and it's like okay, well they, that might be true but maybe you're not viewing it the right way like i'm not saying that everybody who uh, who assesses a card as bad is wrong it's just very like close-minded you got the blinders on a little bit I, I feel like a lot of people are like this doesn't fit into the deck that I'm yeah. currently running. Yeah, that. Um, I'm like, exactly. yeah, but this opens up a complete another deck. And this is what I am actually finding with Savage Beatdown, um, which was my um, which was my card that I got to spoil. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't just slip into a, into a current Rhino build, but if you build around it, um, it can yeah. be very, very good. Because it effectively means that you can, you can have a double uh, Blood Rush turn but also have two other turns that can come in for 12 to 14, um, if not more, uh, if you run like run cards like Primeval, Primeval Bellow, which uh, affords you the first discard of the six without without um, um, without too much setup and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah it, you can't just I think you can't just throw cards from uh, Dynasty into current decks and expect them to be great. I think I think 
as you said, it is that creativity of, of, of going, all right, so this may be a different way to play. And and I think Mech's a perfect example. Um, Mech's mm-hmm. got some great cards, um, but again, you have to you have to play different now. But um, I have been run over by <laughs> by um, was it the bios? Um, uh, oh, the bios, bios update. Yeah, oh, yeah, bios combo into a, you yeah. know with like the 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 pounder bios into a throttle a throttle turn one and they're coming in for nine. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, I literally two weeks in a row I've lost to a, a ten year old. Shout out to Archer, uh, Archer Young, who's uh, Dar- uh, Darren Young's uh, son, who's like I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he's around about ten. Who has run me over with dash two weeks in a row and, and literally <laughs> awesome. and i'm like i don't i don't take it easy on this kid and he definitely doesn't take it easy on me so, uh, so yeah. um that's exciting i like I, I i'm excited to see that there are different decks coming from the same and so it also means that when you sit down and someone puts down dash or puts down uh rhino or puts down um you know bolton you're like i'm not 100 percent sure what i'm going up against which which is I yeah. actually think is really really cool. Yeah, I d- yeah. I didn't even mention the other ones too. Like say you mentioned dash, I, I want to build a Hanabi Blaster dash deck, but I also want to build an Axe, probably Dorinthia, but I want to build an Axe Warrior deck. Um, there's so many decks that I want to brew just because of this set, and that's I think why it's one of my favorite sets. Honestly, I think it's I think it's my favorite set since Arcane Rising, um, and that's mm-hmm. saying a lot because I really love almost every single Flesh and Blood set, but. The fact that I want to build, like, I don't even know how many decks. I want to build Hanabi, Dash. I want to build Tiger, Katsu. I want to build Rock, Brute, probably KO. Um, I want to build Brainstorm, Wizard, maybe Kano, maybe Icelander. Um, I obviously built multiple Assassin decks. I want to build Axe Warrior. There's so many decks that I want to build. And, you know, when a, when a main set comes out, like Uprising, yeah, I wanted to build Dromai, and I did. And I wanted to build Icelander, and I did. And that's it. Like, I have those two decks. And here, mm-hmm. you know, I want to build, like, more than five decks from Uprising. Um, I'm, I'm, actually, yeah. I'm really keen to actually go back and build a bunch of Commoners. Yeah. Actually yeah. Actually the thing that's got me really excited about um, Dynasty because it, it, it's, it, this has allowed, because, because the problem with Commoner being that it's only a three-year-old game is that the, the card pool was a little bit, you know, limited when you take everything else out. Um, and yeah. so, you know, most things only have one way to play in commoner, whereas whereas I think now there are definitely a couple of ways to play it, at least a few of the heroes, which is cool. Yep, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, that, that's our not-so-quick thoughts, <laughs> not-so-quick <laughs> thoughts on uh, Dynasty. I honestly think it's a, an absolutely fantastic set. Um, yeah, let, Let's see... Next up, let's chat a little bit about the Arachne and Yoji lore before we get into the shitty Christmas present. <laughs> the shitty Christmas present is such an awesome card, and there's a pretty fun fun interaction that came out because of that. And um, but there's a couple actually fun fun interactions that came out because of that that uh, I had. But um, did either of you had a chance have a chance to read the uh, Yoji and uh, Arachne lore? I will uh, summarize them. But uh, just curious if you guys uh, got uh, I, I I was talking to you guys before, and I just want to give it this shout out on the on the podcast. Um, I want to shout out to DM Amada, Stephen from DM Amada, or Steve as I like to call him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, about a year ago, like 
a completely throwaway comment in one of his videos. Um, he said that uh, he likes to listen to the law um, via like using Google Google Read um, on his Android as he drives into work. And I had not even thought about that as an option. And as someone who drives around in a coffee van and has a lot of stop starting and um, early mornings where where breakfast radio is not necessarily the most interesting to watch. The actual, the idea of getting um, Google to read the articles has been an absolute, you know, phenomenal thing that, and, and it really is actually a great way to get through. And this is how I listen to all the law because uh, it means I can listen to it while I'm driving. I don't have to be like trying to read, read my cell phone in between, uh, in between customers or anything. I can just put it on and listen to it. And it's a great way to, to get through and, and listen to the law. And, and plus, the, I, I don't know about iPhone, because I don't have an iPhone, but on, on Android, like the little music interlude that the, at the start of every time they read an article actually fits perfectly for flesh and blood law. <laughs> so so uh, uh, shout out to Stephen. And that, that is how I... Uh, I listen to all the all the law, so I have had a chance to to listen to it thanks to, uh, uh, to uh, Stephen's life hack. It's a good one too. Like uh, I didn't actually know about that before you said it, so you know it's something that I might uh, have to do as well because uh, I mean to be honest, the, the flesh and blood lore uh, is, is great, uh, but a lot of it's not super long, so it's yeah. you know you could you could read through it like pretty quickly, um, especially if you're a fast reader, but just having something going on in the background is always really nice. Um, I know a lot of folks listening to this right now have this just kind of going on in the background. So, um, yeah, yeah. How about you, uh, Bill? Did you get a chance to read any of the lore? I didn't, unfortunately. Um, we, although something I do want to point out is I think in one of our podcasts um, when we were talking about the Emperor and Yoji, and I think it was when you were talking about um, just... Um, you were talking about how you wanted assassin to be in the class or in the, in the set. This was like way, 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 way back. I'm pretty sure I said something about like some offhanded comment about like, Oh, watch this. Yoji is going to, is going to like come up behind the emperor, snap his neck. And then Yoji is going to be an assassin instead. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the, I think even before Yoji was re revealed to be a guardian hero. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure I said that at one point and I love to hang on to predictions that are even tangentially right. So Yeah. So to me, that's the that's the lore currently. But please uh, enlighten me as to what the actual lore is. Yeah, well, yeah. You can, uh, you know, stand in for the audience or or join the audience, I guess you could say, uh, as we talk about this. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'll start with the uh, Arachne lore. I'm just gonna give it like a quick summary. So I'm not gonna like uh, you know talk about everything verbatim. So I'll just kind of give you the gist of it. So the Arachne lore is pretty interesting. It really characterizes uh, Arachne as this very uncaring um killer that really only i don't know i guess you could say cares about their job they don't really care about the money they don't care about the fame they just care about the act of murdering people um and they uh enjoy it uh so the the story is pretty short but it's a little bit longer than the yoji story it's about uh arachne kind of slipping through um various areas of volcor getting through crowds um, very Assassin's Creed kind of stuff, to be honest. Um, you know, jumping from rooftop to rooftop, blending in with crowds. Um, and uh, basically just kind of sneaking in, picking off all of the the folks in the throne room, like one by one, 
Uh, I think there's one part where they like kill two guards and and one a wizard, and then use the wizard to like soften the fall of the two guards so no one can hear, like no one can hear the 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 armor like falling on the ground. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean that's basically the gist of it. They just go in and murder the emperor, but it's it sets it up as like a very meticulous character, a character that has planned for a very long time for this. This isn't something that they just like, I'm just going to go do this. Um, so they like knew that the guards would be leaving at this one specific time so they can get into a, an area. They like, they, they planned it all out. So yeah, that, that's basically they also refer, Oh, go ahead. They also refer to their boss uh, several times, yeah. which, yeah. which, uh, which is really interesting because it, it does, it does sort of lend itself into assassin being more of like a clan than a necessary uh, uh, a talent. Like so, so we may see some other assassins, not just Arachne, which is oh for sure, cool. yeah. Or, uh, or, or whether or not, or whether or not we find out later on that like the the mask or something is actually like that's like sort of like the Court of Owls uh, with Batman and stuff, where like it's all the same mask. And so, oh, yeah. so like there could be numerous numerous arachnids that have different abilities because they're actually that 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 that's just the sign of the the spider clan sort of thing. Which yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's uh arachnids part of the spiders or the the spider I guess you could say, which is a well-renowned um assassin clan. It's 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 a clan that is or an organization or whatever how you want to put it. That's only like spoken about in rumor. Uh, no one has actually ever witnessed uh, an, an assassination by the spider, but they're they have multiple numerous high profile. At least Arachne specifically has multiple multiple numerous high profile assassinations, including a uh, official from tech uh, from um, Metrics who was uh, you know unceremoniously murdered by their own gears. Uh, I think they like Arachne like you know pushed them into the gears of their own own machine. Um, it's very Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Um, and the, uh, the myth, the legend. Yeah, I, there's this one line at the end that I really liked. It's like it says, uh, "We are the spiders' spinnerets, a latticework of slaughter sent to end a dynasty." I dance to my delight, knowing the red rain is about to fall. This is what they say right about their, right about uh, right before they're about to murder the emperor. So. Yeah, I mean, it very, very much characterizes uh, at least Arachne as a, a very uncaring um, killer. Basically, they just they kill for it because it's their job. That's what they do. Uh, they don't kill for the money. Um, they just the money is just kind of like a byproduct of the the, the work. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Uh, like Ian said, I think it'd be really interesting to see more of um, more of the spider and more of the assassins in general. Hopefully we see a lot more of that fleshed out um, when we go to the pits. I think that'd be really cool to see, you know, maybe even other uh, assassination clans or something like that. Also, I'd like to note that I, reading this lore, had me draw a connection between another card game and uh, Flesh and Blood. Um, the Spider. I'm pretty sure the Spider clan in Legend of the Five Rings is like a assassination clan. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like, wait, is the spider or the scorpion? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the spider is actually the assassination clan. So, I would, I'd be willing to wager that's not a coincidence. Um, it's probably like a nod, like a homage to to L5R, but um, yeah. 
And then we have the we have the we have the Yoji lore. Um, I could I could I could uh, recant the Yoji lore, but would you like to, Ian, since you uh, listen to it as well? It's it's much shorter. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll, you, you 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 do a better job. I tend to I tend to uh, uh, meander off on my own tangent, so I think you do <laughs> okay. a more um, a better job at uh, being succinct with it. <laughs> yeah. So the the Yoji lore is, is much much shorter. Um, it basically has to do about Yoji and various other, like, clans in the dynasty. Um, I believe, let me see if I can pull up the name. Yoji is part of a clan called the Alshoni. Um, I think he's the, the last Alshoni, which are, like, these protectors of the, the, royal, the royal line. There's another clan that they're kind of at war with. I think it's called the... Anzu or the Azu or something like that. Let me see if I can find it in the lore again. But uh, essentially, um, he's trying to prevent this other clan from gaining power, from uh, kind of usurping the throne. The 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 Yoji lore is told um, a little bit like after the fact, like uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't talk about like the actual death of the emperor. It talks about like the repercussions of it. Um, it said that he was even betrayed by his own um, soldiers, by his own garrison. And, oh, Ezu is what they're called. E-Z-U, Ezu. Okay. So there's the Alshoni and the, and the Ezu. Um, and uh, he's just kind of trying to, you know, keep keep the dynasty together um, while he, he's you know, almost it's crumbling. A little bit, uh, he's almost a little um, dishonored because of, because of it. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice touch that that's why he's a guardian, not necessarily a draconic guardian. Um, yeah. Which I think is a nice little connection to the law. Because I, I, I was a bit surprised when uh, he was just a guardian character, not a draconic uh, character as well. But but with that law, it sort of, uh, sort of kind of leads into the disgrace that, you know, he's still trying to do his job, but he but trying to refight, you know, re reestablish his uh his honor yeah um yeah once again i'll read the i'll read just the last little bit here because i think it sums it up pretty well it says uh, remorse has thrust yoji into a sovereignty of suspicion he patrols a land haunted by paranoia doggedly protecting the memory of his fallen master in yoji's mourning heart he feels the smoldering embers of the dynasty though they cool and fade he clutches them even or clutches them ever tighter he will continue to serve his true master until his dying breath. So that, that's kind of basically Yoji's um, thing here. He also like, is trying to, like I said, uh, stave off the Ezu from like claiming uh, full control of the court of Volcor. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, like, I like this take uh, on the lore, by the way, for Yoji. So it's not like, you know, before the Emperor died, um, you know, him trying to like, you know, you know, missing out, and he's like, "Oh, oh crap!" Um, I, I like that it's kind of like after the fact and talking about yeah. like the the repercussions of kind of what, what's going I on. I think this this also leans into what um, LSS was talking about, how with like the spoiler season and stuff, it was the most law based um, yeah. set um, that they've done with spoiler season and stuff like that. And so to continue it on with like the stories post the spoiler season um, is, is quite nice because because yeah, thematically this is you know. Uh, this has been a really nice run-on from Uprising into this. Um, whereas, like, sort of Everfest was like, a, Everfest, it's a carnival, it's like a, it happens every year, 
Yeah. And, you know, it was sort of like like a, this is a thing that happens, but not not hugely law based um, uh, um, set. So so it's nice that this um, this set does also have have some more law law stuff uh, in it as well. Yeah, I uh, at Worlds actually talked uh, a lot to um, Alex, who is going to be the next. Um, I don't know. He's basically taken over for Chris Bewley. And uh, we talked a lot about um, Flesh and Blood and you know, Flesh and Blood in 2023 and uh, a general sense that the, the lore and the world of Wraith is going to be presented a lot more going forward as well. So I think that's a great uh, move. I think um, getting folks um, more in tune with the lore so they can like you know, latch on to these characters that they already really like is, is a really smart thing and to get people invested in the world and the story. And so, you yeah. know, I mean, and that, that's, that's where you really get a, a lot of your casual players as well. Yes. Yeah. You get that, that connection to the lore and to, to characters and, uh, you know, cause, cause competitive players are going to min max. They're going to play whatever yeah. the best deck is. Whereas the, the casual base, which are, you know, a big crux of, uh, who's going to keep your game, running in between those seasons uh they they yeah. really are um sort of more more like 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 just actually just this friday i played against a guy who'd never played a card game before but um was a D player and yeah. come over from D because you know he he liked the he he liked the look of the characters and stuff like that which is, yeah. which is, which is cool i i know for a fact that there are many people watching this right now who like flesh and blood is their first card game like ever like I, I did a, like a, a poll or something I asked in a, in a video a little while ago, and I got a lot of responses that uh, Flesh and Blood is their first card game. So um, that's awesome, and like you know, catering to folks who are like big fans of not just like the gameplay and winning tournaments, but of the world and the lore. I think is uh, super super yeah. important moving forward. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that, and I, I hope we see more of that in stuff like the often talked about PVE product. Um, hopefully maybe another like book, like another world book or something like that. Yeah. Um, all this kind of stuff I'm really looking forward to. And, uh, I, I really love the world of flesh and blood and I think it deserves to be expanded upon more. I, I often say that, um, the creative department is the, uh, are the unsung heroes of flesh and blood because they're the ones who make the game feel and look the way it does. And for me, that's like as important as the game, because like, if it was just the game and mechanics, sure. But I think it really needs the um, the awesome art and the characters and the world and all that stuff to make it a complete package. Um, for me to try a new game, it, it has to both look really good and it has to play very well. And Flesh and Blood definitely has both of those things. Um, so, yeah. Looking forward to that kind of stuff and to, to, to more lore. Um, and um, one thing about Uprising and Dynasty. What the hell happened to Icelander? She she was like I'm I'm rolling up I'm gonna do some stuff and then she's just like gone like what whatever happened to I what what was the whole like Icelander journey thing I hope we uh, see a follow up to that and to like what, what Icelander's doing and maybe she maybe she got a cool new uh, cloak and cloak and mask uh, I, don't, I don't know maybe maybe that doesn't make much sense but um, <laughs> but. Uh, I still want to see. Maybe she'll have some some part to do with the the court of Volcor or something. Maybe she's like a long lost heir or something. I don't know. That'd be kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So 
with that said, we'll move on from the lore to uh, something that has some characters in it, but I'm not sure how lore relevant the actual card is. This is a shitty Christmas present. And if you are a um, visual watcher of the podcast, you will see the image right here. I'm going to have the, the card image popped up. Shitty Christmas present. But we'll talk about this because this is a card that I think is hilarious. And I think it shows the, the humor of the uh, LSS team. So this card is going to be the promo card for the December 2022 Armory Kit. Along with a matching playmat. Uh, there's like a poster too. But the, the, real, the real piece de resistance is the shitty Christmas present itself which is a generic action for zero. It blocks for two. And it says, put a cracked bobble from outside the game on top of target hero's decks. And then flavor text, socks, again? And then it has Azalea looking very, very disappointed in these, <laughs> these socks. Um, <laughs> this card is, I love it so much. I love it. So I love the art, art by, by Sam Yang, by the way. Um, yeah. And it also features some very notable characters on it. Like we said, like, you know, we have Azalea, we have Dash in the background, Arachne also in the background, and then this character mm -hmm. that some people think is Lexi, but I don't think is Lexi. We can talk about that in a second. But um, yeah, what what a uh, Bill, what do, what do you think of the shitty Christmas present? I am honestly so surprised that this is a real card. <laughs> yeah, um, the name not not unpleasantly surprised, but yeah, when um when Ego Raptor, when Aaron Hansen posted this on yeah. Twitter, I was like it's called shitty christmas present like, yeah, yeah well it has uh, xmas too it's not even spelt christmas it's like xmas, xmas. Yeah, yeah it's it's shitty xmas present but <laughs> i love it it's, <laughs> it's, oh, it's so funny and uh it's gonna go along really nicely with my my stack of cold foil bobbles um i i am 100 1000 percent playing this in upf like yeah 100 yeah. percent and in many UPF decks, especially Arachne, by the way, because it actually synergizes with Arachne, you can put it on top of your deck, and then you put it, you put a yellow, <laughs> yeah, put a yellow to try to get the Eradicate or whatever to, to banish it. Um, but <sighs> yeah, uh, I still lo I love this card so much. Um, yeah, I, to me, I really like the idea to like PVE. Um, <laughs> this just the, in, in my head, like I see this like play out in PVE, and all I can think about is. Um, jokey smurf oh yeah and like, yeah. like and, and just being like imagine being in the battle against like i don't know a giant dragon and your team is there and then like <laughs> your, your one character is like here you go <laughs> and just puts puts a shitty christmas present on top uh crack bubble on top of the dragon's hey you're like, <laughs> maybe maybe they're playing a heavy red line deck and they need to draw a, 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 at least a two pitch, right? <laughs> maybe maybe that's the that's the play. Um, no, I, what I was yeah, going to say, if you can set this up, if you can somehow coordinate with your entire team to all give the dragon a shitty Christmas present at the same time <laughs> and just have, so they draw a hand of only yeah. cracked bubbles. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, many soft. That's so good. Um, and so, yeah, th this card will be um, part of the larger batch of uh, Armory Kit rewards. I think it comes with like 20 or 30 or something like that. Um, yeah, so I did see a few people 36. complaining um, about that it's the only promo in the December in the December set. And uh, that while it's a, you know, it's a funny idea that like 
they're like, oh man, it, it, it kind of sucks that if you win an armory, you don't get a you don't get like a, a good cold foil and stuff. I, and and I can speak to this a little bit from having been a former employee from uh, and and saying that December is the the slowest time for armories. It's you know it's Christmas, mm-hmm. it's Christmas shopping, it's um, stores stores aren't wanting to run events uh, staffing wise because either they're running long hours for Christmas shopping or they're short staffed and stuff like that and generally december is the least um attended attended month for for these sort sort of events and so um and this is what we saw with the christmas bubble last year this should be christmas present this year and i think going forward this is this is going to be your the thing that lss does for december things no i mean again i'm i have no actual connection with the, the people that do it now but just from the rationale that i've seen in the past um is is because they want December to be like, yeah, this is a thing where everyone's going to get a cold foil. It's going to be a little bit gimmicky, but it, but if you have time to come along, you're going to get one. Um, yeah, and, and 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 that's the thing. And and there is the playmat to win, which is which is cool. Uh, I I do know that there are the playmat uh, completists out there and the collectors that will want to get those. So there is a bit of value uh, as to winning. Azalea winning cult, the Azalea cult is incredibly stoked for this one in particular. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly, exactly. So so um, so I I think not not every not every time is is gonna be like a crap, you know, a, a cold foil a cold foil weapon that you know is worth sixty bucks. Um. Uh, you know, there there are some months where it's just about you know rewarding everyone that can make it out. So, so that's kind mm-hmm. of the, the a little bit of the theory behind the Simba the Simba um armor yeah. that's been been one yeah. promo instead of being being a cold pull winner as well. And hey, like if if LSS does not do like a content creator thing for the holidays, I will be buying <laughs> at least uh two copies of the shitty Christmas present and. Uh, and hey, try to get a playmat. You know, heaven forbid you may even even see if you can't uh, get along to a store and play. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I've been I've been pub- I'm not that much in flesh and blood. Yeah, playing hey. in the flesh and blood. No, well, it's just it's mostly just <laughs> uh, couldn't be me getting getting time to actually do it. The mostly <laughs> mostly just it's all it's all videos, man. About flesh and blood know, mostly, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I know uh, Travis from Fab Foundry uh, Discs and Dice tries to get me to come out to a lot of events, and I'm like, we'll see if I can I can do it, and I rarely can. the The one event that I never miss, I've never missed one so far, is a pre release. I always go to to pre releases um, because one, it's fun to play with the new cards, um, but I just really love pre releases in general. For uh, back when I played other card games frequently, I, I would always go to the pre releases for those. So, mm-hmm. and they're much more pre releases. I feel much are much more casual too. So you just have a lot of folks who are just, you know, out there to check out the new set and chat with people and have fun, which is kind of kind of the vibe I, I really like. So um, anyway, yeah, the shitty, shitty Christmas present, man. I I really love it, man. I, I really love it. And also, like on top of that, um, I think it might might spoil a new character. So so the characters on the card, there's Azalea, there's Arachne in the top right. There's Dash with elf ears in the top left, and then there's another character who uh, presumably is the person giving these socks to uh, Azalea. And a lot of folks thought or think it's Alexi because it's this character with green hair. Um, 
she has short green hair though. Um, so I don't think it's Lexi, not just because of the short green hair, but also the outfit she's wearing. So all of the other characters are wearing their signature outfits, right? They're not wearing like Christmas themed outfits other than the hats. So Azalea is wearing her gear. She even has a mm -hmm. quiver. Uh, Dash has her gear, but this is obviously not Lexi's gear. She's wearing like a patchwork leather thing that looks like it's from the, from the pits. So I think this is a new character. Uh, and my tinfoil hat theory is that this is a new assassin character from the pits because it bears striking resemblance to the character from Cut to the Chase, which also has short aqua colored hair. You could see it like popping out under the hood. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I tweeted about this and I was like, you know, tinfoil hat theory. And here's my theory. And I was like, Sam Yang, blink twice if I'm right. And Sam, <laughs> Sam responded with the the see no evil monkey closing like cl with the hands over his eyes <laughs> and yeah, i was funny, funny that you got a response from sam because i i messaged sam and was like hey just a quick question who are the characters in this thing still haven't got a reply from him so <laughs> yeah in eight, in eight months time i'll be able to tell you uh... <laughs> uh and then and then i responded to his response uh with uh okay then uh, keep your secrets or whatever <laughs> Um, I mean, so, the, the other interesting thing is that obviously I think it's also in Blackjack's Tavern as we've yeah. seen set. So, so possibly a character connected to Blackjack's Tavern as well, yeah. which would mean, which is again, I feel like uh, a place that we will see more of when when we inevitably go to the the pits uh, the pit set. Um, I think it's um, a key location in the in the pits. Uh, because uh, we have seen it multiple times now through sets. We've seen it in oh, yeah. Toxic Emotion. We've seen it in uh, Stonewall Confidence. Uh, uh, you know, through, through uh, a Valda. Well, I'm like Valda Bright and, Axe. And, and mm. other sets. Exactly. So I, I feel like oh, yeah. um, when we do finally get a pit set, whether or not that's the next set or, or whenever it is, I, I do feel like Blackjack's Tavern is going to be uh, a, fairly, uh, a fairly key location that things are uh, um rotate around yeah uh 100 um something that i sort of just noticed looking at this art a little bit more closely that i think lends credence to your theory that this is a new assassin style or at least associated character is the the short green-haired girl the way that she has like she has the socks and they're close up to her but then you notice that her far shoulder it, she could just be like shrugging, but it feels like that's too far out for her regular shoulder. And Arachne has the same type of shoulder. He's got something hidden under his cloak that's like bumping yeah. up his shoulder more. So yeah. is that a thing that just assassins have? Um, I like, know. I don't know. It it looks very like slightly uncanny, um, like non anatomically correct. And I trust Sam Yang to be anatomically correct in his in yeah. his illustrations. So. I don't know that that to me that that says something. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. But so uh, so yeah. Um, that's my my tinfoil hat theory on the shitty uh, Christmas present. We did have one other interaction that I thought was uh, was pretty funny because like DM Armada tweeted like, "Hey, we really need some we really need some socks like some flesh and blood socks." And then I responded, <laughs> um, "I would definitely buy them. Not only that." I would help promote them. I would help like film a commercial to promote them. Um, then I then I just kind of put like a little flowery writing. I put uh, uh, a very flesh and blood Christmas with DM Armada and Red Zone Rogue, 
And um, then uh, the official Flesh and Blood Twitter responded, and I'll have an image of that on here, with with a photoshopped image of DM Armada and my myself. Our faces are pasted on little Christmas elves. And it says, uh, our people will be in touch with your people. <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty sure this is just a fun little uh, gaff, but, uh, you know, I would not be opposed to, I would not funny. be opposed to it. Just saying, like, just, uh, just uh, hit me up. We'll, we'll do, we'll do something. <laughs> uh, Steve, I, I think Steven responded. I can't believe, I can't believe that they photoshopped your faces on themselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 The fact oh, that it's I from, <laughs> the fact that it's from the official flesh and blood Twitter makes it so much better. Oh, I love it so much. So funny. Uh, and Steven retweeted this and he's like, please, please say this is real. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it's just like a funny little thing. But uh, I still really, I still really liked it. It definitely made it definitely made my day. So uh, yeah, that, that's my my full interactions with the shitty shitty Christmas present um, coming to a UPF game near you very soon. I will I will be playing this card. Um, so uh, yeah, there's <laughs> there's there's that. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, we have a, a little bit more time to talk about Ian's 500 Flesh and Blood mm. tournaments now, um, which is uh, a lot. Um, it's a, it's a lot of tournaments. Sure. Like I'm, I, I haven't, I haven't heard officially from them, but I'm pretty sure I was the first person to get 500 tournaments. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, it's quite funny. I did post it up on um, on my uh, right time gaming. Posts and there was a, the, like one of the posts was someone doing the mass who couldn't couldn't was was like wow like this doesn't seem real because you'd you know at you know three years you'd have to have gone to like three point six armories a week I'm like three point six armories a week I'm like bro <laughs> um let, let me tell you about 2019 when I was going to eight armories a week yeah uh, this, this is how I got to five hundred um. Um, so, uh, yes. And to, to answer his question, yes, it is a lot. And, and no, I don't have, I don't have kids or, or a family that I have to, uh, uh, um, this is, this is what I do in my spare time. Um, uh, and, and to a point for the first, the first year that Flesh and Blood was out, it wasn't even my spare time. It was almost, almost part of my job, uh, being that I was the community manager uh, before the pandemic hit, so one of the things I did was I made a point of going out and playing in all these events. Um, I've sort of talked about this before about how this is how I ended up sort of being part of Brute Nation um, was that very early on, uh, having been a store owner in my previous uh, previous career, um, I I know when you're trying to get a game off the ground. Uh, the worst thing that can happen for new players is that they get excited. They come along. Uh, they come along to your hobby league or your armory or whatever the event is for the thing, and then just proceed to have to play against the meta deck every single round and get yeah. and get hammered by whatever the current flavor of the month was. Um, so very early on, I sort of no one was playing Reiner, um, and and, and uh, uh, it was. Very much probably the the most underplayed uh, character from Welcome to Wraith from the original four, um, mm. and so 
uh, I, and also I just I, I'm a big Hulk fan in uh, in Marvel. My uh, um, one of the decks that I was quite famous famously played in Versus was the was the um, standalone standalone Hulk deck, and so so sort of Reiner sort of spoke to me. I I always, I always played Orcs when I played Blood Bowl, so sort of the green skins have always been uh, something that I've sort of vibed with in, in games. So uh, so that's where it sort of led to that as well. But but yeah, my my initial reason for playing Reiner was I wanted to go along and make sure that even you know that new players and and even even you know top players and stuff that at least one one day you know one round or <laughs> an armory event they're going to get to play against something that isn't the norm like the the amount of times people have sat down uh, across from me and gone oh cool it's not bravo or oh great great i don't have to play ira again like the the relief of like oh i actually get to play flesh and blood against a different hero uh, that that was kind of uh, my mo uh, when I first started out, and I just sort of, you know, I I just sort of lent into that, and that's why you know I play Livia a fair bit, um, not not quite to the level of someone like Mansant as well, but um, but you know I definitely uh, um, have been known to uh, to to rock uh, Livia through through the classic constructions uh, um, formats and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and as I said, initially when I started out, I was the community manager. It was part of my job to go and promote the game, and that's what I did. Um, and then I, I mean, I just love the game. I'm a, I'm a card, a card player. Kel knows this. We play not just Flesh and Blood. We play a lot of games, um, and and that's just always been where I've been at. Um, and so hence, even after, I mean, once we got through the pandemic. Um, and we could start playing again. Like I, pl- I played a bit online through the pandemic, um, um, uh, but I was never really a fan of TTS. I, I, I prefer playing with, with actual cardboard, um, and, and you know actually playing with the cards. There's actually a tactile nature of playing cards uh, that I really enjoy, um, and um, so I didn't play as much in the lockdown. Um, periods as as i did when when we were able to play back in real life and so once here in new zealand we could start going back to stores i was like you know i'm i'm you know i hit i will i will on average probably hit three to four armories a week um i'll play in every every roads or or um um you know skirmish or or uh pro ProQuest that I can, um, just because I enjoy the game. I, I like I like playing the game. I like I like the community. It's a nice way to stay connected with them. And it's probably this this is this is an interesting thing that I'll say to Cal is that I've realized this is probably I I have more gym tournaments played than I have subscribers to my channel, and it's probably because I'm playing <laughs> too many gym tournaments and not making videos. So I'm like the opposite of what Cal does. I'm like yeah yeah. I mean like I I'd love to do spend more time making videos videos and stuff but i'm i'm out at my local stores playing so that's why i don't get as as much content made as as someone like kel or 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 steven at dm um or or even as uh who who um does does an amazing amount of work Uh, like like you guys here at uh living legends the fact that you're doing this weekly i know what a commitment that is but the fact that um 
uh, you all do other videos on top of that. It's 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 impressive. Um, so yeah. yeah, but but yeah, as I said, I've always just enjoyed going out and meeting people, playing the game, spreading like. On Friday, I taught a new guy how to play Dromai. He literally was playing with like basically a starter with a couple of extra cards added, and like you know, at the end of the game, I was like, because he he had a hand in the game where he had five dragons but no ash, Ooh. and he's like, uh, and he was like, I think I've just lost the game. I think I've locked out. And I'm like, I'm like, you can always block with those cards, and you'll get to refill your hand. And he's like, oh yeah, 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 of course. And then, like, after the game, like, because he was running Brown of Reflection, I was like, you know, per- perhaps look at putting in, like, he was running Dreamweavers and Crown of Perfection. I was like, perhaps mm. look at, it, like, putting in Silken Form and maybe even, like, um, Helios Mitre, because at least Helios Mitre you can, like, you can sink your red hands into to create Ash. And yeah. Just, you know, the... and, that, and that's the thing. That's what I enjoy is, like, sort of helping new players out and, uh, and you know, um, and also I like I like uh, where I am. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things of having now played five hundred plus tournaments, um, the I'm probably the player most of the top end players in New Zealand don't want to face at an Elo <laughs> event because my Elo is so bad because I played in all the callings. Uh, <laughs> so you'll tank their out, Elo if you um, beat them and scrubbed hard. Like I'm anyone who starts. Flesh and Blood today is about between, I'm not 100% sure what it currently is, between 75 to 85 ELO higher than I am. <laughs> like I'm in the low 1400s. And so now, um, anyone who plays against me, they get nothing for beating me, but they lose a hell of a lot if they lose to me. And, and oh, like, yeah. because I'm not a scrub newbie player, the reason my ELO is so tanked is that I played so much back in the day um so yeah now i'm like the 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 guy that they and especially because i'm always playing like a levy or a rhino or something that is a little off the cusp they're like and i just don't yeah yeah Um, some of my funnest games this year was um i played two back-to-back games in a Rhodes event against matt rogers with um uh with bone basher levia and um first game he had no cards left in his deck and uh, the last game, um, he only had like three or four cards left in his deck because because that was like the top our top eight game, and like he was like I had to put in extra cards because of what happened in like the round robin, and he was like at the end of it, I'm like he was like man that is like one of the toughest games played. I was like yeah yeah that, that's what that's what we do that's what we do we 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 like to. Uh, we like to uh, make people who who think they're a lot better than me uh, sweat. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's so funny because yeah, it's like you you sit against somebody who has like you know it's the people who actually start worrying about their their place yeah. in the rankings and stuff, yeah. and they sit across from you and they're like, okay, so this match, I have nothing to gain and everything to lose. <laughs> exactly. Yep, and and this is the thing. It's it's quite funny. I I see this quite a lot. Um. Uh, like I see new players or players that have been around. Um, what you you know, you walk over to the pairing wall and you'll see you'll see the players, and they're like, "Oh man, I've been paired against a Matt Rogers. Oh, I've been paired against Cal McCreef or something." Um, and, and they get almost defeated before they sit down. Um, uh, uh, because you know, there's there, um, we have some very good players. 
in this country. Um, and 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 Kale and Matt and they are very good players. But um, at the same time, I've never I I don't think I've ever sat down against anyone in in flesh and blood and gone I can't beat this person. Um, yeah. At the same time, I've also not sat down against anyone and gone I can definitely not lose to this person. <laughs> so so I, I I have a very a very as I said like Archer who's you know, 10, 10, 11 years old uh, has, you know, basically owned me for the last two weeks. So, so, so um, I have a very, um, uh, I have no fear against who I'm playing, but I also, I also have no fear of losing either. Uh, and, and that comes from playing characters like Olivia, where like, you're not just playing against your opponent. You're also playing against your deck. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, hey, but yeah, so, that's it. I I've played a lot because I like the game. Is what is what, yeah. what it comes down to. Um, but it it is kind of cool to um, uh, um, you know, I can go back and I can look at Gem and I can go. The first ever Gem event I played in was the first ever event ever played, which was the world premiere event. Um, and you know, I hope I hope that my last my last game of uh, Flesh and Blood will be the last game to play. You know. That's that. That's um, you know. I'm I'm in it for the long haul. I I, I want to be here until it either until it, it either ends or I or I, or I shuffle off. So, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Um, it, and it has and it's really interesting. Like the boomer XP thing that uh, that also came came in is uh, uh, having played this much it has afforded me. Um, uh, I am in the high 30s in lifetime xp um and that has a rights to to both pro tour one and worlds whether or not going forward that's going to continue um yeah obviously i think uh once we get into a point where elo is actually more events that generate elo have been played i think we'll move away from x 90 day and lifetime xp and it'll be just invites and elo and you know maybe that's when you know, I, I, I retire back to more more UPF and <laughs> and the side tables like like uh, like um, we did at Worlds. But um, yeah, I, I'll keep playing and I'll keep uh, showing up to events uh, until until I can't. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like I have the uh, I have the leaderboards up here, and for New Zealand, you're uh, fifth in lifetime XP. Yeah, and uh, globally, uh, let's see. Maybe a bit lower now after Worlds. <laughs> yeah, it's it's being weird. It just keeps showing me the New Zealand one. But yeah, I think you were thirty four. Yeah, you're thirty fourth uh, global yeah. XP all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is and, pretty and, crazy. And I was the fifth person in the world to get to a thousand XP. Uh, Did they give you? Um, they gave uh, me nothing because unfortunately, oh. unfortunately, I was in New Zealand, so. So when I was the first person in the world, there was already two other New Zealanders who who got to. Oh, okay, okay. But um, yeah. But so and and I didn't get anything for getting to five hundred, which I didn't expect. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of got myself something, and this is something that I I just want to quickly shout out to everyone who helped me um, with it, including uh, uh, some of the guys from Fab Foundry who were really great in giving me um and giving me some prize tickets uh at worlds um 
I got to obviously I timed it that Worlds was actually my 500th event, so so it was really nice that the first event I ever played was World Premiere, and my 500th event was the first ever World Champs. So that's, yeah, that's really awesome. nice booking for that for that first three that's years. So cool. Um, but what I then did was I played in a daily double uh, on the Saturday um, after after I didn't make day two of Worlds, um, and and went like three one and won three hundred points um, prize tickets, and I was like, ooh, actually this is a lot more than I thought I'd get. And and I and I looked up and I saw that like the Levia oversized Levia card was only eight hundred uh, prize tickets. I think all the other ones were again the disrespect to uh, uh, <laughs> the disrespect to, to brutes is like all the other cards were like a thousand or fifteen hundred, and it was like eight hundred points for Levia. And I was like. Come on now. Hey, you're you're, uh, you're um, talking to Ranger players here. We understand. We know how. Well, it yeah, is. I don't even think there was a Ranger. Cast, no, fucking. I, I was about to <laughs> start swearing, man. They like, would never. No, Azalea. There's never an Azalea. Yeah, it was well, to be fair. To be fair, I don't think there were any, any um, WTR or or Arc because there was no Reiner either. Yeah, but like yeah. Lexi, come on. Come I on. think there was a Lexi. I just think Lexi may have been. Taken early because I I do remember seeing Lexi so. at least pro tour, um at least pro. But um yeah, so I was like, oh you know, I was like, how would I get that home? And and so again, this is this is the nice fact of um because I have been had a connection with LCS through the years um and 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 you know I've known James for over twenty years and stuff. I um I have I have uh, <laughs> I have the uh, the, the balls to go and ask for a rather big favor. I went went over and talked to LSS and I was like, hey, are you guys getting anything shipped back from Worlds to the office? <laughs> and and hypothetically, if I, I was to uh, win one of those oversized cards, could I get it put in with the stuff that's getting shipped back to the office and pick it up? Because as, as my day job, I um, I run a coffee a mobile coffee van and, and the LSS offices is one of the stops on my daily coffee round. Uh, and I was like, could I get it sent back to the office and uh, just pick it up from the office when it, when it gets back? And uh, they were nice enough to, uh, to let me do that. So, so I managed to um, win, win slash be gifted uh, enough tickets to get to the 800. So as I said, shout out to the guys from Fab Foundry who, uh, who, I, play, who I played against and, uh, and then were told my story and they, like, they gifted me the, hundred tickets and then there was a couple of like a couple of other kiwis who gave me uh, a couple of hundred tickets as well um and to all the people that i played against in the side events were really cool um so i managed to get the oversized uh levia card but also the the main reason i wanted that one um was because the artist was there and so i actually got it signed by the artist oh um, wish, wish so, yeah. which 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 mm-hmm. is really cool and it also means that i won up mansant because he's only got the uh, he's only got the uh, the uh, oversized card. It's not signed by the owner, so it's uh, <laughs> a little bit a little bit of bragging rights within the league, the league of uh, Leviathan. So <laughs> yeah, um... it's always about the one upmanship. Uh, like, um, so so I, I've got a signed oversized card, and also I have a feature match at Pro Tour One playing playing Livia. So uh, yeah, so he he may be best known for it, but. Uh, but I, I I've got a couple of uh, key key points <laughs> as well with uh, with within the brute uh, the brute factions. <laughs> we uh I think so cool. as Stephen and I were were uh, 
going to give you our tickets if you didn't get there. But you came and showed us that you got the thing. I was like, oh, sweet. Now we can go see what the hell's on the prize wall because we weren't even, I wasn't even paying attention to it. I ended up with 501 tickets and I bought, uh, conveniently, the card promos. All the card promos are 500 tickets. So I could have gotten a rainbow foil arcane rising young hero, but they, the Azalea had already sold out. I was going to get the Azalea. Azalea was sold out. So it was just the other three. Um, or I, or you could get the new Arata Cold Foil Briar. So I actually ended up getting a Arata Cold Foil Young Briar because I don't really play CC, but Young Briar I can play that in UPF or Blitz or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went, to, I got the Cold Foil for five hundred tickets, and I kept or five hundred. I had five hundred ten, so I kept a I kept a ten ten ticket that I had back there. But uh, nice, yeah. There's, it was easier to get tickets than I than I thought to, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I just did side events at Worlds anyway, so I didn't I didn't play in the Calling or the Battle Hardened. I didn't really want to do that kind of stuff. Um, for uh, comparison's sake, uh, Ian's played five hundred tournaments. I think I I just looked up mine. I'm at around thirty, like total, um, thirty like Flesh and Blood events. So. Yeah, five five hundred uh, is is a lot. Though to be fair, I, I don't really make it out to a lot of a lot of events. Um, before we end, yeah, I have I have thirty two. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, we're close. I have thirty two and exactly sixty four wins, which is oh, double. So I hell yeah. my my um my constructed elo or uh, not elo yeah elo my constructed elo is like fourteen eighty seven, and that's because I was telling. Um, these guys before we started. Um, when I go to these big events, like the Calling, Pro Tour, Worlds, all that kind of stuff, I buy the um, packages, right, that come with the, comes with the Calling. Uh, sometimes I get it as part of, like, um, doing coverage and that kind of stuff. And when I do coverage, they're supposed to take me out of the tournament so, like, people don't get matched against me because I'm doing coverage, right? Um, well, they ha- they've forgotten to do that a couple times. So I have a whole bunch of this random, you know, calling losses because I didn't show up because I was doing coverage. So, um, and it, funny, funnily enough, uh, it, it takes multiple rounds of you not showing up before they kick you out. Because uh, there's there's one calling where I have like three or four losses before they finally yeah, remove that me. Yeah, shouldn't, that shouldn't be a thing. Uh, yeah. it, it, it should only, I, you should have been taken out, but. But yeah. if you if you know show round one, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to drop you after that. Yeah, I even yeah. I even had a I was telling these guys I don't remember what event it was I don't know if it was Orlando or something but they're like, Colin Rosenberger to the front stage please and I'm like what uh, I mean I'm literally back in the coverage booth and I'm like what I, luckily I wasn't doing coverage so I'm like oh let me go let me go see and I run up and I go see I was like hey um I'm on the coverage team and they're like. Oh, oh, we're sorry. We forgot to take you off. Like, I think this was uh, Kyle, which is one of the, the uh, tournament organizer people. I'm like, oh, we'll take you off now. I'm like, okay, thanks. I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to, you know, doing my job. <laughs> Bye. Um, but my limited ELO is exactly 1500, which I think is the starting, which tells that me that, right. which I, I have broken even because I play more limited than, than not limited, actually. So. Um, I'm exactly 1500 with like a bunch of limited games, which is kind of funny. I just I just looked at it. My uh my Elo rating for constructed is uh four uh 1443, and my Elo rating for uh limited is 
1,470. <laughs> so again, worse than anyone that signs up today. Um, yeah, my my, my constructed I, is 1,487. Yeah, yeah. and I've, uh, I've got a, a total of 895 left in my, in my 507 total. Nice. <laughs> um, how would you say, I know we, we probably won't chat for too much longer, but uh, how would you say Flesh and Blood has changed in the past like three years, like three playing years. playing those 500 tournaments? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like, so um, definitely um, the early adopters, um, it's been really interesting because like the early adopters are the people um who came on because the game looked interesting like yourself cal like you you saw the artwork you were like let's have a look at this game let's see if it's any good let's get into it um and so that first that first six six months to a year um you've got the um you've got a mix of the the guys who will try, or guys and girls who will try any any new game, and we love those people. They they are, they are the heart and soul of this industry. Uh, are the, the oh something new, something shiny, let's yeah. buy it. Um, those you know we love those people. Um, uh, you had the people who tried you know tried it, had a friend who who who, who um liked it and bought them in, and um and like I remember early on we're getting five or six people to uh you know if you got to eight people for a, for an armory it was a it was a good turnout um because, because it was new uh, and people were trying the game but they weren't necessarily buying into it yet or or they were just coming along and borrowing a deck um but they hadn't committed to it and then um you know here in new zealand it was a bit different because obviously we got a couple of callings very early on being mm. that it was a new zealand based company uh, so uh, those early coins were like sealed as well. So it was like a come on in. There's ten thousand dollars up for grabs. This is a new game. You guys all know like, and this is this is what can't be um, understated here is that James has such a connection to TC to all TCGs uh, uh, community in New Zealand. Like he has been a, like. There's very few people um, who've been playing more than a couple of years in TCGs in New Zealand that don't that ha- haven't come across or don't know who James is for, and, and this is before Flesh and Blood as well. I, um, and so, I, so there's a lot of us that came back just just to see what James was up to. I I literally got a comment on a I think it was my Dromai video the other day, the the one that was featured on the Tulane Community College, um, as someone who's like, I I've used to play games with James all the time like years ago playing Yu-Gi-Oh I didn't know he made a new I, I, I didn't know he made a game like I literally got a comment yeah. that was just like he knew, knew yeah. James from like many many years ago so yeah, yeah. And, and, and that and that and that was like for me because as, as I said I've known James for nigh on 20 years now um and for me what was really cool was seeing you know a bunch of people I used to play versus with or play Yu-Gi-Oh with or I used to you know you know I I ran a store that I used to sell Jewel Masters cards to a, a young a very young Chris Gearing. Yeah. <laughs> like Chris Gearing early teens dropped off by his parents to play Jewel Masters in my shop type thing. And now yeah. you know and you know 
he's one of the lead developers for this game. Um, and so for me, that, those early years were um, a lot of people were like, this is a cool game. We're also here to support our friends. Um, and that was the vibe in New Zealand. But then coming on board as the community manager uh, and those early days of trying to onboard, you know, you know, me sending stuff out to you, Cal, and to Stephen, and to, to like, one of my personal achievements were when I was the community uh, manager was to get Team Covenant on board because I was a big fan of their work. I, I played a lot of the, um, I played the spoils, I played uh, Netrunner, and their content was some of the best content for those games. And, and so it was a key point when James sort of said to me, find people to help promote the game and, and get it out there. It's like Team Covenant was, you know, very high on my hit list um, along with like Professor and, and stuff like that. We had some, you know, this would be great if we can get these people in. And, you know, a lot of these people we have now got in, which is, which is, which is really good. Um, and then you sort of saw that pandemic era as uh, is, is the second era, I sort of, I sort of say of um, Fab where, where sort of Blitz was the thing that was getting played because not everyone had a lot of cards and, you know, you couldn't get cards as readily because you couldn't just go down to the shop. Uh, Blitz sort of took off with the um, the skirmish seasons because it was a bit easier to play online and to play tournaments at a timely manner uh, more than anything. Um, and then that led into the collector boom of, of you know, to that, uh, you know, 2020 uh yeah. 2020 with things like monarch and stuff like that and we saw cards go to crazy amounts um my, i literally have a friend who who um put a deposit on a house from selling his master set of uh welcome to wraith um uh at, during that period of time and like that that is not even an exaggeration that like literally paid for the deposit on a house which is insane like to think of um, you know, I, and obviously that's come down a lot because you know we're back into real life. The the, the whales aren't as big anymore. Um, a lot of those whales already have a lot of that stuff, so that that has marketed out. And now we're into the the uh, competitive scene where we're seeing a lot more Magic players coming over, a lot more uh, Yu-Gi-Oh players that are, that are here to play competitively, and that's great as well um, because that's that's really inspired another bunch of people to get into the game and like we've got pro tours we've got world championships and so um yeah i i think there's definitely been three very key eras in that first three years and I, i'm really excited and i think the next big growth will be when pv when pve drops i think um mm -hmm. because you're going to get in the role players and like the casual gamers like the people who are like this game looks really fun but i you know uh, I look at uh, I look at the deck list and oh they're super you know because we we always have that is this game too expensive to get into and you know my argument on that is I don't think it's I don't think it's a flesh and blood thing I think if you want to be competitive in any card game it's not cheap like like yeah. it, it trading card games as a hobby are not cheap but but again I look at it as if I wanted to go start playing golf right now um i'd need to drop a couple of thousand dollars in, uh, into a bag of golf clubs if i want i mean i could i could yeah. buy like a hundred dollar set from like kmart and they would 
you know, they would get me to a point. <laughs> but right. if I wanted to play more, I, you know, and and this is the thing, hobby hobbies aren't necessarily cheap. <laughs> I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I hate I hate to be the bearer of that bad news to people. Um, and and I think um, uh, I think that that is just a thing that uh, uh, we do have to deal with. But you know, for those people who want to enjoy the game and play the game, I think PVE is going to be great because again, in PVE, you're not going to need the top of the line legendaries and everything. And, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna have fun with things like shitty Christmas presents and <laughs> and crack baubles. Yeah, and you know. Playing playing Yorick um, with your friends and stuff like that. So, so that I mean, that's that's I feel like that'll be the next big thing um, of influx of people. And, and and I think that's where we that's what I'm looking forward to as the next step. I agree. I I really get a sense that 2023 is going to be a really big year for the I don't want to call them casual crowd but like social gamers social crowd is a better a better word for it it. yeah because i think doesn't necessarily yeah i i think it's going to be people who who are wanting something that they can enjoy with their friends as well as you know once 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 a couple of months go all right cool there's a roads or there's a pro quest let's uh let's uh you know try and uh try and uh get into that as well but like yeah. generally i play i play because you know it's what we do on a friday with my with my friends yeah i i really do think 2023 is going to be like the year for for social play for flesh and blood we do have the pve um we have you know more sets coming out we have whatever the professor is doing with lss there's that uh, announcement that was uh, revealed at worlds that there's going to be like a collaboration um it was also revealed on the a funder prod- podcast with Fluke and Box that it's going to be a, a product. So we know it's going to be some sort of like product. We don't know anything else other than that. Um, yeah. But knowing the professor, it's probably going to be geared towards players um, because that's what he's all about. He's all about, you know, getting people playing the games, that kind of stuff. Um, and so that, and then we also have PVE completely separate than that. Um, I think it's going to be great. And then on top of all of that kind of stuff, I'm still a huge, huge fan of Ultimate Pit Fight. And I think. The more people play it, the more they'll realize how much fun it is, and the more that'll grow. And it's no secret that, you know, the most popular format in Magic right now is Commander, and um, mm-hmm. it's a multiplayer format akin to, to Ultimate Pit Fight. Ultimate Pit Fight's different um, in, in, in many different ways, but the fact that the most popular format in the when one of the world's biggest card games is this social experience, I think leads a lot of credence to, like, you know, UPF could one day be one of the biggest formats uh, in Flesh and Blood. Um, and I think the more, more people try it out, the more people who come in who are more social-minded, um, I think it's going to, I think it's going to grow. So, um, and I, yeah. I, I think that's a really good note. I feel like uh, uh, we've just got the, uh, we've just got the uh, Oscars music. Coming. Yeah. I feel like we've talked a yep. fair bit. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, time to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll save we'll save the arsenal for next week. We've uh, this is kind of a little bit of a longer podcast anyway, um, but I think it, I think it was a good discussion, and I uh, hope y'all are looking forward to, you know, the next three years of of Flesh and Blood. I know um, absolutely the next seven are going to go by quickly, and we're going to be celebrating the tenth anniversary, and it's going to be awesome. So, uh, 
Yeah. Thank, thanks so much for listening, joining us for the conversation today. We've got shitty Christmas presents and lore and <laughs> tournaments, all, 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 this, all this good stuff. Um, 500 events is just still such a crazy... It's so much. Uh, it's yeah. so Congratulations, much. Ian. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ian, Ian, where could the lovely listeners and viewers find you if they'd like to find you out on the internet? Yeah, so I'm probably uh, most active on my Facebook page for Right Time Gaming. Uh, I do have a YouTube page that uh, is sporadic um, and also on Twitter at Right Time G. Uh, but of course... Probably Red Zone Rogue is where you'll find me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, am, I am often the other person on the side of of the games that get gets played. I think you you and Az are now like my two most frequent like <laughs> gameplay guests, um, which is great. You, you you are both like absolutely fantastic friends. Some of my best friends in the in the this industry. Uh, and speaking of another best friend in this industry, Bill, where can they find you? <laughs> Uh, I am Bill from the Spike Feeders. You can find me on Twitter at BillTSF, as long as Twitter is still up. Um, that's a conversation for another time, but yeah. <laughs> I figured yeah, I would drop that. Um, and uh, as well as on YouTube uh, at the Spike Feeders Fab. Uh, we do live gameplay content. We are still retooling, uh, still under maintenance, um, yeah. but we will be back in full force um, at this point, probably in the new year, uh, once we get everything all sorted out. But it'll be it'll be a strong start to 2023 for sure. Yeah, definitely look forward to that. And uh, I am Kel, also known as Red Zone Rogue. You can find me everywhere at Red Zone Rogue. Um, I, everyone's handles on Twitter are in the overlay here, so you can go find us all there. But uh, thank you all so much for watching, so much for joining us for this episode. And uh, we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Living Legends podcast. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.